Hello and welcome to the Odds Profit Podcast, the show that shows you how to show the bookmakers how much you show about showball. I'm your host, Simon Winter, and as always, I'm joined in the studio by my co-host, Ian Bright. Ian, how are you? Very well, looking forward to this. Me too. Now, this is your reminder that this podcast is about betting and gambling, so you must be aged 18 or over to listen in. And if you do follow our tips this weekend, then please gamble responsibly. Okay, let's get into it then. Club football is back. Rejoice! But last week we picked out a few betting bits and pieces from the international schedule. So how did you get on, Ian? What landed and what missed? Fill us in! Yeah, so looking at the Latvia versus Netherlands game, finished 1-0 to Netherlands. Uh, we had a halftime double chance bet with Latvia or a draw, but unfortunately uh, David Klassen's goal in the 19-minute cancelled that out. Then we looked at the Czech Republic versus Wales game. That finished 2-2. We had them for a 1-1 draw at 7.0. Uh, but we also saw Dan James score any time, which was tipped at 6.5. The Turkey versus Norway game finished 1-1. We had a draw at halftime uh, with Turkey to win. It came close in the dying minutes, but Turkey just couldn't get the ball over the line. Um, then on Saturday's games, we had Scotland versus Israel. We went for a with an Israel double chance here with them coming in at 1.83. Fortunately, Scotland won at 3-2. Uh, the Faroe Islands versus Austria finished 2-0 to Austria. We had it with Austria scoring more in the second half, but it wasn't to be. They scored a, a goal in each half. Uh, and Switzerland versus Northern Ireland, we had this with Switzerland win to nil, which was right on the money at 2-0. Excellent stuff, and Some really nice um, bits and pieces in there. Um, I was kind of the same as you. Had some good things, had some close run things. Mm-hmm. First of all, I took Croatia to win an under 2.5 goals combo against Cyprus was looking good until Croatia scored deep into injury time to make it 3-0, so that kind of scuppered that one. Russia-Slovakia, I had under 2.5 goals at 1.62. That landed, woohoo, and Russia won 1-0. In Germany-Romania, I backed Germany to win to nil at 1.62, which was destroyed by Romania's early goal after just nine minutes. Germany yeah, where won. Where did that, that come from? A guy called Haji, would you believe? No. Just like his daddy, that guy. Um, Sweden Kosovo I had over two and a half goals at 1.73 Sweden won 3-0 that was great England Andorra I backed the second half to see more goals in the first that was 1.91 which was a big price and it came in England scored twice in the first three times in the second the last goal in the 86 minutes so thank you Jack Grealish um, the final one I looked at was Denmark and under three and a half goals combination at 2.05 against Moldova that didn't really happen for me. Denmark were 4 0 up by half time. They stepped off the gas. They made my bet look closer than it was. But um, yeah, missed out by a goal, but it wasn't really that close. And that's pretty much it for the international recap. So let's jump straight into the Premier League action on Saturday with the 12 30 lunchtime kickoff between Watford and Liverpool. Now, Claudio Ranieri is back, the tinker man himself, who's won as many Premier League titles as Jurgen Klopp. Though things haven't been that rosy for Claudio since he led Leicester to the title back in 2016. His appointment at Watford was his fifth job in four years since leaving Leicester in 2017. There are plenty of short stints in there, which I suppose in many ways makes him the ideal candidate for Watford, who've had 13 full-time managers since 2014. Wow. Talk about a revolving door. And I thought I had a lot of jobs. Yes, well, there you go. You might have another one if you don't shut up. <laughs> Ranieri's first game against Liverpool could hardly be a tougher test. New manager bounce is a thing, but I'm not sure it's powerful enough to rock the Reds in Saturday's game. Watford beat Liverpool the last time they played at Vicarage Road in February last year. You remember that? 3-0? Yeah, that's Sarah right. ran riot, scored twice, I think. It's a crazy game. Yeah, it was nuts. But look, history's not going to repeat itself here. Liverpool only... Well, they've, they're only... They haven't lost at all. 
I mean, no. the only unbeaten record left in the league, I think. Mm-hmm. They rank first for expected goals, second for expected points. And for my money, at least, they look like City's biggest challengers this season. Their average of 21 shots per game is the highest in the division. And in Salah, they have arguably the world's best player on current form. Ugh. Sorry, Man United fan praising Liverpool here. It feels icky. <laughs> it's um, actually melting. You can't see this. <laughs> Look, the, the markets are heavily priced in Liverpool's favour. That's to be expected. Nobody wants to touch Liverpool at 3-10 to 10 or 1.3. But if you combine a Liverpool win and Salah to score any time, it's 10-11 to 11 or 1.91. Okay, that's not bad. That's a bit of a whopper now, I think, with mm. current form. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm going for. I was tempted to take Liverpool at minus 1 at 1.85. But the combination with Salah, it's just too big a price to pass up, I think. Really good. Excellent. Nice one, Simon. Thanks, Ian. What you got for Southampton versus Leeds? Yeah, so I'm taking a trip to St. Mary's. Um, so both sides, look, they're sitting 16th and 17th in the league. Both sides need a win, uh, but neither can really afford to lose this either. Um, so the last time we saw these two meet was back in May uh, at St. Mary's, where Leeds snatched all three points thanks to uh, an informed Patrick Bamford. He was scoring with just 17 minutes left, followed by uh, a Tyler Roberts tap-in uh, with seconds to go. Um, that actually brought it kind of closer to what it was. It was nil-nil for a lot of the game as well. But also, I suppose you have to look back earlier in the league, uh, or in the season rather. Uh, Leeds also beat them 3-0 at Ellen Road earlier. Yeah, so Ralph Hazenhuttle's men have had actually an even worse start to Leeds. Uh, they're sitting 17th in the table. They've failed to register a single win so far in the campaign. With Leeds winning both fixtures last year, I think they'll be looking at this fixture as something as a potential turning point for them. Um, they've scored two or more goals in the last two fixtures, and I think there's a good chance we'll see over 2.5 goals with a Leeds win in this game. It's coming in at 3-1 to one or 4.0, Simon, so um, that's Big. my first tip. Yeah, Nice one. I like it. Um, I'm off to Carroll Road for Norwich versus Brighton at 3 o'clock it's the bottom club against the Seagulls Mm. Um, look I don't want to be too harsh on Norwich but they seem to be reliving their 2019-20 Premier League nightmare this season but in truth I suppose you could go even further things look decidedly worse for them this time around if anything I remember last time they were up there were slivers of positivity to cling to there were a couple of early Half decent performances against Liverpool and Chelsea. They beat City in that surprise win, of course, 3 2. Um, this time around, it's a little flatter. There seems to be almost like a resignation yeah. to their fate, kind of sort of feeling. They're the whipping boys, really, aren't they? Already, already, mm. yeah. Um, they've lost six out of seven. Brighton have played far better in comparison, and their price reflects that. They're 21 to 20 or 2.05. And that feels a little stingy to me. It's still Brighton at the end of the day. But if you go for under two and a half goals at 1.73, it seems a little bit more palatable. Norwich have only scored twice in seven games so far, and Brighton are averaging just 1.1 goals per 90 minutes. So I'm not sure fans are going to be treated to buckets of action here. Um, both meetings between the clubs two seasons ago produced under two and a half goals, so there's plenty of reasons to feel confident about this one. Yeah, I'm looking at the three o'clock game with Leicester City versus Manchester United. So I'm sure you're listening about this one now, keen, keen ears. I'm nervous, Ian. Okay, I'm a little bit nervous. No Maguire, no Varane. Does that mean no chance? Let me know. No, well, look, last time we saw these two sides meet uh, was back in May. We were looking at two very different teams. Leicester were playing for Champions League football. They had the momentum. Uh, well, United were sitting comfortably in third. Um, and in that game, United only managed one shot on target and lost 2-1 to Leicester at Old Trafford. In contrast, United haven't had a game this season with less than three shots on target. Their last two games, however, have resulted in a loss at home to Villa 
and a draw to Everton. All right, easy, easy. I'm sorry, I don't want to be like twisting the screw here, but it has to be done, you know. <laughs> These are the facts. Um, so look, it's suggesting perhaps that we're starting to see a sim- similar United team who were, for whatever reason last season, just more comfortable playing away. Um, so Leicester, on the other hand, they haven't won a game at home since August 14th, and that was the opener, um, and that was against Wolves, which wasn't really convincing. It was a 1-0 uh, win, where they were saved by Casper Schmeichel on more than one occasion as well. He got man of the match that game. Um, I can't see anything other than a United win, if I'm honest, so I'm sure you're going to be happy about that, Simon. Um, it's hard to rule out Fardy getting in at the back, but I, I think United are dripping quality this year to ensure that you know they're going to score more either way. Um, there's a certain or number, um, and it's not the one I <laughs> we're used to hearing about. It's an or seven, and um, <laughs> so I'm I'm looking at both teams to score over two point five. It's very tasty. It's coming in at three point one, um, so that's a good one. And look, Mr. Ronaldo is getting in here as well. He's coming in at one point eight three for an anytime goal scorer. That's always a decent bet for Ronaldo. It's funny with United actually. The brunt of the criticism has been about their defensive work. But they're only conceding kind of one goal a game on average. Yeah. It's up front where they're just not... Yeah, they're not The firing. stars aren't aligning, let's yeah. say. Yeah, and I think that just comes down to cohesion as well with a lot of new people coming in and obviously the, the Ronaldo factor as well. There might be a little bit of intimidation during the dressing room. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Anyway, look, it's an excellent bet. I like it. I'm going to move over to Aston Villa versus Wolves for my next Saturday 3pm kickoff. It's a Midlands derby, of course, where the villains are big favourites to steal the points at 21 to 20 or 2.05, with Wanderers priced as the outsiders at 13 to 5, which is a whopping 3.6. With three wins each from seven games, both clubs have enjoyed similar starts to the season, though Villa have generally been playing the better stuff, with that standout win over Man United at Old Trafford, the highlights so far. Now, games between Villa and Wolves last season were pretty drab. 0-0 at Villa Park, mm. 1-0 to Dean Smith's men at Molyneux. You would hope for more entertainment this time around with Nuno Espirito Santo gone and Bruno Laga in the Wanderers' hot seat. He's a bit more attacking intent about him. Yeah, it seems to be playing with a little bit more intent, as you say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's letting them off the leash a little bit. However, something I picked up this week was a scoring pattern of Villa's goals this season in terms of timing. Now, they've been very much a second-half team this season, with eight of their ten goals so far arriving after the interval. So there could be something worth backing that yeah. in that, I think. So 7-5, 2.4 for Villa to score more goals in the second half than the first has an appealing look. So that's what I'm going to tip for this game. Excellent. That sounds really good. Nice one. Now, Ian, mm-hmm. that's just about it for part one. But... Oh, God. Look, don't worry, there are no factoids. Oh, thank God. Just... Put that fear back in your pocket. There are no factoids, but to replace the factoids, I have a quiz for you, Ian. Oh, no. Are you ready? Yeah, well, as ready as I'll ever be. It's not a football quiz. It's called the nut or not a nut quiz. Now, basically, this is how it works. I will ask you whether a certain foodstuffs are nuts or not nuts. You just answer nut or not nut, and let's see how we get on. We'll give you a, a total score at the end. If you get less than five, we will punish you. Oh, Nuts. If you get more than five, well done. Okay, very good. Very nice. I'm, ready? I'm, I'm up for anything. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's go. go. I think there are 11 or 12, so let's see, see what you get at the end. First up, peanuts, Ian. Nuts or not nuts? Not nuts. Correct. They were officially legumes. <laughs> okay, well, um, I just knew you'd try and start with a trick question, so... Yeah, you caught me on the hop. Yeah. Okay, next up, almonds, Ian. Are they nuts or are they not nuts? They're nuts. 
<laughs> you fool. Oh, oh. They're not nuts, Ian. They are droops. Oh, right, well. Officially. Okay, okay, next. A, a droop is a simple fleshy fruit that comes with a single seed. So there you go. Next, I, cashews, Ian. Are they nuts or not nuts? Let us know. I'm going to go with nuts. You're wrong again, Ian. Oh, How does it feel? They're seeds, officially. Well, okay, yeah, no, it, it does start to feel a bit, you Do you know, feel like you're being conned? Yeah. These are uh, genuine answers, by the way. Okay, no, no, it feels, yeah, okay, go, go with the next one. Hazelnuts. The clues in the name. Um, are they nuts? Again, I think they're nuts. <laughs> yes, they're nuts. Oh, thank God. Okay, what about walnuts? This <laughs> sounds um, simple, right? Nuts are not nuts. They're not nuts. They're made by walls. Correct, they're droops, not nuts at all. Okay. If you think they're nuts, you're wrong. So when we're in the shop, sorry to cut across you here now, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, should we be asking for a pack of droops? Yes, probably. Okay, uh, it just makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I think so. Pecans. They're nuts. No, they're droops, you fool. Oh, man. Sorry. Um, there's only a few left, so your, your misery will soon be over. <laughs> Brazil nuts, Ian. Tell uh, me about them. They come from a company. A company um, mm-hmm. Are they nuts or nuts? Not nuts, that's all I need to know. They're not nuts. Correct, they're seeds. Pistachios. They are nuts. Nope, droops, you fool. (laughs) The fool part hurts the worst. I'm sorry. You should know your droops from your nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Chestnuts. Um, They are nuts. Correct, they are nuts, of course. Macadamia nuts, Ian. They're droops, Simon. I know a good droop when I see it. I can't believe it. You're right, they are droops. Well, I've I've been holding back, but my my droop culture now is uh, second to none. It's really good. We've just two more to go. Mm. Pine nuts. Droops. Incorrect, Ian. They're seeds. Everyone knows that. Um, Except you, you droop. Yes. Coconuts. Last one. A big, giant droop. Correct, they are droops. Man, you've really got good at this. I, I, I started to see a pattern, um, you know. There are plenty of droops where you, well, if, you th- if you think about a be. coconut falling off a tree, mm-hmm. it droops off a tree. That's correct. But That's that, my logic. It's solid. I'm sticking with it. So do you know how many you got right there? Because I lost count. I was two. I got s- how many of them were there? Ten? Plenty. Um, I think I got five. I, I'm going to give myself 50%. Okay, well, that's a pass then. You got five, no punishment for you. Oh wait, yeah. did I say over five? Let's I, just look. Let's just say no punishment, because then I'd have to think of a punishment, and I just don't have time. This has been a tough, tough time. That's it for part one. Join us in part two, and we'll take a look at the other five of this weekend's Premier League fixtures. And welcome back to part two, folks. And um, we're going to be taking a look at some more of Saturday's games, along with some of Sunday's fixtures. Um, I'm going to talk you through the first few. Um, Simon's in the corner picking up his nuts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, so look, I, I'm looking at the Man City versus Burnley game, first of all. Um, look, no one's really going to bet against a City side at home versus a team who've only scored five times all season. Of course, that'd be nuts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, and we look, they've yet to win a game at all, so it's pretty obvious that the odds are heavily stacked in City's favour. And a lot of the markets are just way too tight. Um, in the same fixture last year, City won 5-0, and they also beat Burnley 2-0 at Turf Moor. So uh, it's been a while since Burnley have actually scored a goal against Man City. Um, so look, barring an absolute howler at the back, I just can't see Burnley getting on the scorecard. Can you? Not really, no. Mm-hmm. They don't really have that technical quality, do they? Not really, no. Look, as I said, it would take a, 
probably a calamity for Man City for something to happen. So I've gone with a Man City win to nil. It's coming in at 8 to 11 or 1.73. Solid. Yeah, and look, if it's a little too thin for you, there's a great little bonus bet here. <gasps> Over 2.5 goals and both teams not to score is coming in at 7 to 4 or 2.75. Wow, that's good. It's good, isn't it? That is a yeah. pocket filler if ever I heard one. Yeah, if you're looking at the, the previous fixtures, like 5 nil, you know. Anyway, look, um, I'm looking at half fives game uh, on Saturday with Brentford versus Chelsea here. This is the dinner fixture. Yeah, so get your potatoes ready. Pour some gravy on it. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, look, Thomas Frank's men are just loving this, aren't they? They're, like, they're, they're doing what Leeds did last year. Uh, when they, they promoted last season, they've come up and they're just playing with this electricity. Um, yeah, I just love it. Um, so since that 1-0 home defeat to Brighton early September, they've beaten Wolves away. They've frustrated Liverpool to a 3-3 draw. And they've travelled to London, beaten West Ham 2-1, thanks to a late goal from Wissa. Um, he came off the bench, I think. Um, so anyway, look, Chelsea, on the other hand, are sitting on top of the table. They've already um, played Liverpool, City and Spurs. And they've come away with results as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next four fixtures for Chelsea are arguably the easiest between them and their rivals as well. But I just think there's one thing stopping them from um, getting a result here, and that's complacency. Um Chelsea are obvious favourites. Um, I just can't see Tuchel's men skipping a beat and coming away with less than three points. However, Ooh. oh, uh, there's a stinger. You can't deny Brentford will love this fixture. Um, and yeah. again, it's a London that, derby too, right? Yeah, yeah. Look, they're playing that little bit of heavy metal football. Uh, I think Jurgen Klopp did it a few years ago with Liverpool. Leeds did it last year. Um, and yeah, look, I think... Mm, look, they've also gone ahead, right? Brentford have also gone ahead first in four of their last five Premier League games. That's okay. significant. Right? So I bet that caught my eye. It's 7-1 to one or 8.0. So it's a little bit out there. But Chelsea to win from behind. Oh. Um, an early Brentford goal could definitely happen. And I think there's plenty of quality in this Chelsea side to come back and win it. Yeah, that's something I can definitely see happening there. Mm-hmm. As you said, their record of scoring first is pretty difficult to ignore. You would imagine they're going to come out of the traps really fast, playing at home. Uh, yep, I can really see this one happening. Great price. What was it again? Um, again, it was coming in again at uh, 7 to 1 or 8.0. Wow. Yeah. And anyway, look, um, we're looking at Everton versus West Ham on Sunday here as well. Um, the Hammers coming off of the feed from Brentford uh, before the break will be looking for some redemption. They'll also be looking for revenge after last May's result against Everton in London saw Champions League football start to slip away. Um, I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin uh, was the villain um, he found it back at the net that game it was a 1-0 game was he the villain of the PC in? he was the villain of the game you know mm. that's what happens you know someone has to be some, some, just two sides everything Simon mm-hmm. a protagonist and an antagonist or a referee so technically it's a triangle oh wow keep going <laughs> Rafa's men haven't dropped a point at home all uh, like all at all this year so I'm finding it really hard to bet against them um, like their fixture in London I don't see many goals in fact it could go either way considering West Ham beat Everton at Goodison last year in the reverse fixture um, however I just think Everton are going to peg it under Rafa I think um, I think they're just playing with this little bit of energy. They were in a similar position this time last year, but they started to waver. Um, so a bet I've seen is a draw at half time and Everton at full time coming in at five to one or six point zero. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So really nice. Really good um, games there, Simon. Uh, what have you got for me? Um, well, I suppose the most arguably the most controversial fixture of the weekend is the half four kickoff: Newcastle versus Tottenham. 
Now, wait, do I delve into this topic? Do I dare? Oh, I don't know. Like, what's after happening there with um, Tottenham? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wish I But look, Newcastle, let's just say they dominated the headlines for all the right reasons or the wrong reasons, depending on your perspective. But I think we can all agree that they're, they're absolutely stinking rich now. And they're probably going to be Premier League champions of the world by 2025. Mm, what do you reckon yeah I've seen um, a f- uh, like a video that somebody put the new FIFA game um, and they pretty much just got all the new players like uh, Mbappe um, Messi Haaland all lined up on the Newcastle United squad just looked really funny Like, but then I started realising this could actually happen this could really happen <laughs> like, genuinely this could happen we can I mean we can laugh it off we can kind of make fun but in two or three seasons, they're going to have a, a shit hot team. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Oh man, I'm still going to buy stuff from Sports Direct. <laughs> I'm sure Ashley isn't short of a few bob now. I think you're okay. Yeah. Um, look, S- Steve Bruce is still the manager at the time of recording. That situation could have changed by the time the show goes out. Um, but his attendance or non-attendance on Sunday doesn't really feel all that important, does it? I'm uh, just getting a phone call here. Um, Steve Bruce on the line. He- oh, hi, Steve. Hi, um, yeah, uh, we're not taking applications, I'm afraid, Steve. Oh, Steve. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately. We only have two microphones. Yeah, sorry about that, Steve. Oh. Anyway, Simon, go Too ahead. Too bad. Look, Steve's future aside, it's likely to be a carnival atmosphere at St. James's Park on Sunday as Newcastle fans usher in a new era. Can the team harness that energy against Spurs? Maybe, maybe not. It's... Mm. It's difficult to ascertain because, I mean, Newcastle have been well off it so far. Mm. They've yet to secure their first win of the season, while Spurs have been blowing kind of hot and cold. Three wins, four losses in seven games. They beat Villa 2-1 last time out, even though their winner was an own goal. But they conceded three times in three games on the spin before that, under a 3-1 derby defeat to Arsenal. I mean, that was a poor enough performance for sacking stories about Santo to, sur- to surface, even though he's only been there a wet day. Um, so where am I going with this? Both teams can't lose, <laughs> of course. But this feels the kind of sort of fixture where all three results are equally possible. Bookies don't see it that way. Pricing at Spurs is 21-20 to 20 to win. Newcastle are 12-5 to 5 outsiders. Does that make the Magpies a tempting price at 8-11 mm. to 11 double chance? I'm not too sure. I kind of want to avoid the result markets here. Tottenham yeah, have too. won three of their last four trips to St. James's. So it's a bit of a happy hunting ground. It might be wiser to look at the goal markets here again. I mean, Newcastle and Spurs have kept just one clean sheet between them in their last eight games combined. Neither backline looks particularly reliable, so both teams to score at 4-6, to 1.67, is a price that suggests the bookies are onto this one too. There's still enough value in there to make a solid bet. I mean, both teams to score have landed in each of the last three meetings between the clubs, so I think I'm going to stick with that one. That sounds really interesting, Simon. Yeah, I think it's a safe, but also a solid bet. Yeah, solid. We like solid, Ian. Yeah, that's Solid what I mean. means winning. Yeah, exactly. And winning bets are what we are about almost 60% of the time. <laughs> so, what's your last game then? What, what one are you looking at there? Yeah, we're on to Monday, and it's Arsenal versus Palace at the Emirates. And that's Patrick Vieira returning to his old stomping ground. Mm. Um, now, stomp, stomp, stomp. He did a lot of stomping back in the day, mostly <laughs> on people's ankles. But um, look, I'd love to see Palace win here. Five to one is the romantic in me, but um, I can't really. I mean, you can't say because football is not the soundest reasoning. I know the game loves to kind of write those scripts and loves yeah. to fulfill those prophecies almost, but the reasoning isn't good enough to go with it. I mean, the Eagles do like playing at the Emirates, they've collected seven points from their last three trips there. That's a pretty good record. 
They've mm. been playing some really decent stuff under Vieira too. Their possession stats are up. Their performances have been eye-catching. And Chelsea and Liverpool are the only teams who have beaten them so far. Look, that 5-1 price for them to win is just it's too much of a risk. It's it's 5-1 to one for a reason. But you can grab 5-4 to four or 2.25 on a Palace double chance. And that gives me the tinglys. No, oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay, well look. Arsenal looked like they might have turned the corner against Spurs, but... They were given a real chasing by Brighton just before the international break and how they escaped with a point, I just never know. Um, so yeah, Palace, double chance. I like how that smells. I like the stink of it. Excellent. That sounds really good. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's the whole schedule covered, would you believe? Just like that. Like it was all a beautiful dream. I'm glad you woke up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before we go, we're going to just chuck a couple of tasty trebles your way. Um, for people looking for maybe a bigger price so what you got Ian? Yeah so I, I suppose just looking at the fixtures that we've covered as well um, so Cristiano Ronaldo to score any time uh, over 2.5 goals in the Man City Burnley game and both teams to score in the Brentford versus Chelsea game 4.26 to 1 that's big yeah <laughs> <laughs> you ready for mine? go for it Salah to score any time at Watford, under two and a half goals, Norwich Brighton and Newcastle Spurs, both teams to score is 4.0. So a little a little less than yours, but um, mm. look, four is four. Four. <laughs> yeah, four. Now that's a good um, time to sign off, I think. So thanks as always for tuning in. Make sure and check out Odds Profit on Facebook and of course on their official website for their latest expert tips. And remember to gamble responsibly. So it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. See you next week. Thanks.